Okay, so first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for this. Um, I do appreciate it. Come across anyone with as diverse a background as yourself. I'm really, really interested in hearing your story, I suppose. Well, I um, I left at the opportunity because I'm fairly certain there's not a lot of people in my shoes either. <laughs> it's it's definitely a unique position, but I think I'm I'm just one of those people who is pretty adaptable. Yeah. So I don't know how I ended up here, but I'm here. <laughs> and you know what? It's uh, it's actually been a really enlightening experience. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy about it. Um. But I mean, of course, there is so much involved uh, with personal identity and living in a society like this. And, you know, I'm in for, (laughs) I'm basically in the Vatican of the Middle East. So, you know, you can Okay. And can I just ask, is is that your religion growing up or is it something that you converted? Mm, No. No. So um, when I was 16, I converted to Islam. I had been tutoring English online and I just uh, become super interested in it. And uh, over the summer, I had converted to Islam and then broke it to my family. And within three months, I met my husband. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Whirlwind. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just hopped right on the crazy train. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know something, you're you're happy and you've got a family that makes you happy. And I suppose that's, that's the main thing. It's... Absolutely. The destination was worth it. And yeah, so if you want to just kind of shoot off, I don't really have any kind of structured questions because the main thing that I'm at, the, the one thing that I'm asking everyone first is, um, is like, did you always know your sexuality or is it something that you came to grips with over years or is it something that you find yourself struggling with given your religion and your circumstances? Well, interestingly enough, I think my first experiences, like sexually, they were with yeah. women. So, okay. I mean, it was it was kind of in a way that early experimentation as, you know, a, a kid coming on into adolescence. And yeah. I just found that I was frequently in that position. So I never really questioned that part of me. However, I never thought of myself as a lesbian. So yeah. the attraction to men were there. I, obsessed with David Bowie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was my first man crush. Um, but, you know, I, I think I had a pretty solid identity growing up in terms of being okay with who I like when I like them. And um, my parents were yeah. always supportive of that. Uh, my parents are just your run-of-the-mill hippies. And they were like, love who you love. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, certainly they were <laughs> super surprised when I came home with a tribal Saudi man. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a turnaround. (laughs) Yeah, not what they expected, but certainly he's, he's a a perfect fit. So yes, that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as long as my parents whole thing was as long as I was happy and comfortable that I could do and pursue anybody that I wanted to do with anybody I wanted, <laughs> be with anybody that I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> so there was never any trouble there. But I think I really like was able to put a label on it uh, in my late teens. Yeah, it was like didn't have the language when we were that bit younger to to really fully understand it. But when you when you're older and you you're kind of exposed to more of the world, I think that's when you kind of figure out the labels and up until then you just think you're normal 
and you don't realize exactly. that not everyone is the same. How did you end up where you are, I suppose? It was a kind of an so, instant move or was it a gradual oh, no. over time? No. Okay. So the actual marriage process in Saudi Arabia, so yeah. marriage of a national to a foreigner, is a very unpredictable and long process. There's no actual okay. real protocol for it. All that we know is that over the years, there have been um, times where it's not allowed. So you have to go through a marriage permission process. Okay. And uh, for us, it ended up taking about four years. So my husband would come to Canada to come visit me a couple of times a year. And we lived like that for about the first four years of our marriage. And then, you know, lo and behold, we got our permission and yeah. um, we immediately left to Saudi Arabia. It's, um, it, was, it was really that scary. It be so tough. Yeah, of course. It was so tough. Um, I, I knew that I wanted to be here because, quite frankly, the lifestyle here is very laid back and family orientated. Okay. So, uh, you know, I guess the best way to put it is you don't have to be a dual income household in order to stay afloat. So I can stay at home and raise my children. And not only is that socially acceptable and expected, so that's comfortable yeah. for me, uh, but yes. you know, we're able to live a comfortable life with uh, one income. And I couldn't do that in Canada. So very early on, I just had decided like, yeah. yes, Saudi Arabia is where I'm going to end up. I can find happiness wherever I am. I'm, I'm a little bit adventurous at heart. Um, I've, you know, prior to moving here, I did travel quite, quite a bit. So yeah. I was comfortable with the move. I think um, the only thing that had me worried was the distance from my family, who I'm obviously, uh, like I said, really close with. Like his family, uh, just to elaborate, um, they're very traditional. They come from a small region in Saudi Arabia that is very, very religious, very tribal. So I'm pretty much, like, I don't think I could have married into a more uh, religious and culturally exclusive family if I tried. Okay. You know, I, I don't think, to be honest, I, I, I really enjoy his character and I love his family. They've accepted me completely and fully, which is yeah. incredible. But um, there are certain aspects of my upbringing that I don't talk about with them, that they don't know about um, for obvious reasons. The families here are absolutely massive. My husband has 10 siblings. So, I mean, news gets around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I try to keep some details private. So oh we're in a God. segregated society. That means okay. that I don't have a relationship with my brother-in-laws. Uh, so in my circle of sister-in-laws, my husband's sisters and the wives of his yes. brothers, um, I'm very open with them. And, you know, considering their upbringing, they're all very open-minded themselves. So, oh, okay. you know, they ask me questions about what my life was like, what my views are on certain things. And I'm pretty open. I feel very secure in talking to them about it. But yeah, I mean, I, I try to be my authentic self while I'm here. I really, um, sometimes it's pretty liberating because I can assimilate into the society, get to know people, and only reveal my true self to people that I trust. And because the society is so private, um, it allows me to do that. 
I can and because it's such a private kind of way of life it doesn't seem it would be abnormal for you to hide parts of yourself anyway so it's not as if anyone could accuse of you being secretive or that's exactly it I mean yeah I knew that coming here, I was surprised by, you know, some of the subject matter that comes up in women's circles, <laughs> you know, okay. some very uh, interesting discussions about sex and sexuality. At the same time, that's where it ends. You don't have an identity outside of the one that you show people, and that kind of has to fit in to what's expected here. And with that, there is some level of security, I suppose. You only reveal what you want to reveal after contemplation. You have the ability here to withhold as much as you please. And I mean, <laughs> I think I've given people enough that they wonder, they have questions. But <laughs> because, you know, on the outside, looking in, I'm a married yeah. woman. I'm married to a respectable part you know, human in this society. You know, people don't make those assumptions about me. I think if I was reclusive and wasn't open, wasn't friendly, people might have their notions. But like I said, I only let on uh, to things, especially in terms of sexuality, when I'm comfortable. You are who you are here. Um, like, I'm a woman who covers my face. So okay. I wear a face covering here. Um, this is out of respect to my husband's family. They're quite large. There's a lot of people in his family. All of them cover, like I said, I'm part of one of the more traditional yes. tribal families. Yeah. So out of respect, I do that. And, um, you know, <laughs> even if people, the only thing that tips me off is the fact that I can't speak Arabic fluently. So people obviously are a little okay. taken aback when they hear me speaking English under the niqab, the face covering. Um, yes. And that's when the questions start, of course. But I mean, like, again, I can be as open or as anonymous, Please. I suppose, yes. as I want. People here get away with their sexuality and maintaining that kind of um, solution. So for instance, a lesbian woman here who has no desire to get married to a man, of course, and have yeah. his children, uh, she will be very career orientated. So you'll find her in high position in, you know, you know, say, say a school's principal. And, and the natural assumption is, well, she's a liberated woman here, and she is uh, very well educated. And of course, she doesn't want to give up her career for her husband and those responsibilities. And that is widely accepted. And <laughs> you'd be surprised how many of them are, you know, in fact, lesbian or just, you know. Yeah. That's basically, you know, the cover-up and people make excuses for them. And it's fantastic because nobody really alludes to anything. They wouldn't dare. Could you imagine confronting a woman here and her Absolutely family and saying, huh, I think, I think your daughter's gay. You know, she's not married and she's 36. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and, it, you know, that doesn't That's happen. <laughs> but I can't it, it, think of... Mentally it happens, but they wouldn't dare to say it aloud. They wouldn't That's... dare to say it. And... Oh. Um, and you wouldn't dare, right? <laughs> Especially yeah. with somebody who is, you know, got uh, a status or some sort of authority within their career. I mean, you, you look up to them. And yes. the culture here is changing so quickly. Um, 
so many things are becoming normalized that not getting married is just now this new fact of life, which wasn't present, okay. I'd say even 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. So that allows people to be who they are in the guise of just, you know, being too busy or being uninterested or, you know, trying to, um, you know, live out of the box. Yes. Yeah. Live differently than their mothers and their grandmothers. And it's respected, completely respected. Okay. So I think the idea of loving somebody of the same sex here is actually quite embraced in common because we're in a segregated society. Like traditionally here, men hold hands and they kiss each other's faces when they see each other. That kind of closeness is un, it's just like, I don't know. It's seemed as it's, it's deemed strange. And for instance, North American society for men to be that close and like hold hands walking down the street. The picture that you're, you're painting for me is nothing at all compared (laughs) to what I would have thought of Saudi Arabia, especially when you're saying you're in a segregated, very traditional area. And like that, that's just kind of mind blowing to me. (laughs) The media takes control of the image of Saudi Arabia to the world, which I understand. They don't want people knowing the ins and outs of their society or their culture or religion. They much prefer people come to their own conclusions and they live the way that they live. You know, I I know there's people and I I hold space for the women and the men here who do live, live in secret, who do desire to break free of their mold and live authentically and openly. And my heart goes out to the people who crave that. Um, You know, I myself, I have no issue with the secrecy. I prefer it. But for those people, you know, I, the society here is changing in a way that things are looking up for them. Um, And many of them are escaping abroad if things get too bad with their families, which, you know, fortunately that's available to them nowadays. It wasn't five, 10 years ago. Um, but I think, no, no, certainly not. Um, in fact, even men weren't allowed to leave abroad without their father's consent. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, well, in recent years. That's where you're coming from with it changing so much over the last few years. There is so much change. Um, and it's wonderful. It's, 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 wow. It's, your head will spin <laughs> if you come here and you stay here for about five years and you see how much has changed. And, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm um, living in the past a bit because I just can't keep up. Like just a few years ago, they allowed women to drive. It wasn't like that the first seven years I was living here. Wow. So, I mean, with all of that change, people are able to find their footing and make the decision. Uh, make the decisions that allow them to live the way that they want to live. But yeah. if you are okay with the lifestyle here and um, comfortable with the lifestyle here, um, people have their ways of being themselves and uh, enjoying their life despite the kind of outward, like you can't be an open homosexual, bisexual, not even really an asexual um, it's just not okay. something that is talked about and not something that people will confront. But, um, just, and if people were kind of outed or, or caught out, what would be, what would happen? Would it just be like, are they facing arrest or? So, or um, where does that fall? 
like I was saying before, people here are uh, encouraged to be close with the same sex. And yeah. that kind of acceptance of that closeness, there is an understanding that there are people who are attracted to and love other women. Yes. There are women who love other yeah. women and men who love other men. Now, where it gets hairy is if you engage in sexual acts with the same yeah. sex. And that is known to people. That is punishable by law. And more specifically, if it's two men. So engaging in okay. anal sex is forbidden in Islam. Um, yeah. Being attracted to and loving the same sex is not forbidden in Islam. But what is punishable by Sharia law is engaging in homoerotic sex. Okay. So it's the action that people get punished for and being open about how you behave in the bedroom can get you in some hot water. However, you need to have three witnesses of you engaging in those acts to be guilty. Okay. So it would take, I don't know, some very open um, examples of what you do in your sex life for you to actually to be caught out. Yes, and, and charged and then punished accordingly. So, so it, it wouldn't be kind of something that could be abused by people to punish people that they don't exactly. like. It's not as if you could just point exactly. a finger. Okay. You couldn't, you couldn't point your finger at somebody you don't like and say, I'm fairly sure this person is gay and they deserve to be punished. <laughs> because yeah. unless you've seen them and three other people who aren't associated with you have seen them engage in certain sex acts, you can't... Yeah validate that statement right okay and then i suppose the only way to have have that would be a massive conspiracy and that's not going to happen <laughs> so it's, exactly it, not unless you rubbed to... some people the wrong way it's really uncommon and um so making my way through society here i was just absolutely blown away by how many women are either lesbian or bisexual Okay. And um, how open they are about it in their circles. For instance, I have a pretty interesting <laughs> example of one of these uh, first exposures to what it is to, to okay. be bisexual or lesbian in Saudi society. And that is um, one of my sister-in-laws was getting married. Okay. And we were having a party before the day. And uh, kind of like a hen party. And yeah. um, there was dinner and, and, and dessert. And then they served tea. And then the lights went out and they started the music. And it's very, very um, common for women to just dance the night away afterwards. Yeah. Amongst each other. You know, you dress up in your finest and you go and you eat and you enjoy and then you dance. And then you go home. And... Uh, I wasn't expecting anything, um, but it was my first kind of party of this nature. And so they turned off the lights, they put up a strobe light, and they started blaring this, you know, very Arabic music. <laughs> and then somebody came into the room. And remember, we're in a very segregated society. So yeah. somebody came to the room dressed as a man in traditional Saudi clothing. So the men's outfit is called a thobe. So this person was dressed in a thobe and uh, presented themselves as a male. And it was encouraged 
for the bride, the future bride, to engage in quite a sexual, uh, let's it was kind of like a lap dance. It was, it was, uh, it was interesting. It was entertaining, of course, but like, wow, was I ever just completely surprised Lonely. by this kind yeah. of entertainment. And the willingness of the bride to participate was just incredible. Uh, it took a few moments for me to realize that the person she was dancing with was actually a woman. Oh, wow. Dressed in men's clothing. That's, so here's yeah. my sister-in-law dancing with a woman just as a man <laughs> and uh, <laughs> having a great time. The other women come and they start dancing on this cross-dressing woman. <laughs> and um, it was just like this very heated, very interesting, elaborate display of like... <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> sexuality. And it was so completely unexpected. I walked away from it actually feeling quite worried because I had been yeah. led to believe that this was completely, completely just- Against everything. Against everything, against the law, <laughs> but like yeah. certainly against the cultural norm. And I, yes. I, I was almost, you know, if I had seen that in Canada, I would have been having a great time. It actually made me uncomfortable here because I was like, what kind of trouble yeah. is this stirring up? It's knowing what the so, repercussions are going to be. You know, I, I come to find out that this, and it was, it ended, the woman was a cousin. Uh, this woman is still unmarried. She's in now 40, I suppose. And it's okay. just like widely known that she is obviously um i i wouldn't put a label on her myself but if i were to guess yeah. she's not straight and i think yeah. that is just accepted and it's just an, an a known truth an unspoken truth and that is how i've seen so many people here navigate their sexuality the unspoken truth of being a bisexual in saudi arabia is here you're in a room with women just women no other men and it is fairly easy to navigate that situation as a woman who likes women, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and if you feel comfortable enough, you can make it known to other people what your sexuality is with enough confidence that those people aren't then going to turn around and try to ruin your life, which yes. blew me away, which you know, was unexpected for me because of the notion that homosexuality here in Saudi Arabia is is not a thing like people here aren't yeah. gay and people come here thinking that yeah like there's there are no gay people in Saudi Arabia and that is just so far from the truth there absolutely are gay people you know in Saudi Arabia who are just living their lives They're and just keeping it private <laughs> They're just keeping it private and within their circle. And, you know, I, um, I'm interested to see the flip side because it is so segregated here. I don't, and I haven't encountered many gay men. Yeah. So I, you know I'm of. interested to see what that's, that I know of. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> um, I'm interested to see how that works here. Um, yes. I hope. 
I hope one day I can um, understand that or be trusted enough to learn that about somebody here. But yeah. in terms of like my interactions with women, I mean, there are a lot of women who just just navigate the way that they should safely so that they're not punished for their actions. Yeah. And they are still happy and fulfilled. You know, I am not ignoring the fact that there are people here who are being punished for being their authentic selves out in the open. Um, yeah. You know, I would never discredit them or say that that's not a thing. That is absolutely a thing. Um, but nowadays, they are given the right to leave or to make decisions for themselves. Women can travel on their own now. Um, women can own their own apartments and live their lives unmarried for as long as they please without that being enforced by a law, which is new. And I, that just okay. makes me so immensely happy for these people. And I know this has made the biggest difference within this society. People are happier this way. Yeah, it, it gives people the, the opportunity to be independent and just, even if someone just didn't want to be married regardless, you know, some people, it just may not be for them. So just to have those freedoms must make a massive difference for even the way people can live their lives regardless of their sexuality. Absolutely. I, I think about the way that people lived in the 50s in our society. There were gay bisexuals living amongst us, <laughs> you know, back then. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, things have not changed. You know, it's just people had a way of navigating the situation so that they stayed safe and they felt comfortable. And I think here, as long as you're not bringing shame onto your family, you're free to do whatever you please. And what about when your own kids are older, if they ever came out to you or said that they were bisexual or, or anything, what would your initial reaction be? Would, uh, how, how would you deal with that, do you think? Yeah, ever since I had children, um, yeah. I entertained the idea of teaching them the nuances of the society as a, not only as a Saudi person, of course, that's not something I can teach them. My husband's very, yes. very good at teaching them, uh, but as a foreigner within this society and being true to your identity, I have not given up much of who I am as a person to assimilate into this culture, and yet I have. But there's a way to go about doing that. And I have spent, you know, all of these years of motherhood, my eldest is almost 10, um, teaching them that it is, you know, perfectly fine to be who you are, to love every single part of yourself. And that if, if there's a part of you that isn't favorable or that people might talk about or that you want to keep to yourself, then you can do that. My biggest yeah. thing for them is keeping themselves safe and using who they are and their identity as um, fuel to be who they want to be, to you know, keep to themselves until they meet special people who deserve to know these aspects of who they are. You know, in some, in some ways, uh, this is an example would be my children, they go to public school here. People okay. here don't necessarily know that their mother is a Canadian. If okay. they did, there might be worries of favoritism between my kids and the other children in the classroom. Because 
Unfortunately, there is an emphasis on color and race here. Like that is still something that's very instilled in society. So my kids are lighter skinned and they're yeah. half Saudi. And so the worry there is that we try to keep that part of them, not secret, but like you're not going to scream it off the rooftops. Yeah. Because we don't want people arming themselves against that or targeting you for something that you have no control over. And in the same yeah. sense, I view sexuality the same way. You know, that is a part of you you can be proud of, that you can celebrate. But there are certain people who would use that against you. And I'm not encouraging them to live in the shadows. Yeah. I'm not telling them that they can't be who they are. But what I want to emphasize is safety. Sometimes being anonymous, sometimes keeping things to yourself and having those secrets for yourself is liberating. Because the people that you do reveal those aspects of yourself to must be really special. And then you're That's not actually, making excuses yeah. for yourself all of the time. There are people facing persecution and hate crimes for their sexuality in Canada, in Ireland, <laughs> in the States, yeah. you know? So <laughs> would I, if, if my child came out to me, would I, would I worry? Yeah. I would worry. And it doesn't really matter where we're living. It's just that's how I was raised. There aren't a lot of safe spaces for people, part of the LGBTQ community. Um, and even though it is becoming more and more accepted, I would say, yeah. uh, you know, you can't guarantee your safety in certain places. You can't know who is for or who is against you. And as a parent, I would want to protect my child from that. And I hate that. Like, that makes me so sad. That makes me sad as a bisexual woman. And that makes me incredibly sad for my children who might potentially be of a different orientation. Like, I hate that you have to navigate the world in secrecy or just, you know, for fear of your life and your well-being. Yeah. And I really sincerely hope that that changes. And it's no different here than it is anywhere else in the world. If I were to stress any point, it would be that people are getting along here in terms of like their sexuality and navigating that in this society. And, you know, with that comes some sacrifices. But tell me what a lesbian couple in the United States has sacrificed or what a bisexual couple in Ireland has sacrificed or, yeah. you know. There, there's always a little bit of sacrifice there to be authentically who you are and to accept that part of you. And I guess, you know, just to cap that question, I would say, as long as my children know that I accept them for who they are and that I yeah. encourage them to accept who they are, it doesn't matter what people know or what they accept of them, as long as they're safe. Okay, so my husband, um, he... His friend growing up was a, I don't want to go as far as to say a homosexual man, because I don't think people openly label themselves here, okay. or at least they yeah. didn't back then. You know, he would be harassed. And I, you know, you've seen instances of, um, what is that, when homophobes are actually like uh, closeted homosexuals, like repressed homosexuality. Internalized hatred for homosexuals yeah. based off of their own inner hatred. Um, that's a huge thing here. Um, I feel like that's a huge thing all over the place. Everywhere. Because people are Absolutely. just not open 
Um, but so he would get picked on and like, like beaten or harassed. And so my husband and his younger brother would do everything in their power to protect him. And that wasn't just from the goodness of their heart to do that for somebody like that speaks louder. And and it's just like, it's a, I guess, proclamation of like who they are as people and what they accept. And so that got back to their father who is well known in their little tribal village that they were protecting this boy who was, you know, not quite straight and narrow in their society. And, um, my, my husband told me that he was really scared to go home that day. Oh, wow. He was terrified because in his heart, he, he knew that he had done the right thing. Um, and, you know, in standing up for that boy, that was him showing that boy friendship and, and yeah. the love and respect that he deserves. And that's a kind of open example of friendship, right? When you stand in front yeah. of people and you say like no I'll protect this person I care about this person they they would want probably want to stand in and help that boy but they wouldn't because it would get back to their families what kind yeah. of friends they were keeping what kind of things they were okay That's with awful. Yeah. so my husband was really scared to go home and him and his brother he said they would kick rocks all the way home and you know the, the 20 minute walk from school to their house suddenly became yeah. like a four hour kind of like <laughs> <laughs> that must have been awful they finally got home and uh the principal who is related to their father had called their father to tell them what they had done and his father stood in front of the doorway and said heard you were in a fight today and they were like yep yep we were in a fight ah uh, who are you uh who are you fighting this boy and that boy, and everybody knows everybody's kids and everybody by name yeah. in their little village, and it's still the same way. Uh, yeah, and uh, I heard you were defending so-and-so. Didn't want to let on that that's what had happened, you know? They were just yeah. played it as they were being ruffians and, like, fighting with other boys, and they were, you know, his father just kind of looked at them and said, you know, come on in. I'm proud of you. Oh. And it was okay. that moment... Yeah, it was, it was one of those moments for my husband where he realized that perhaps his father was more tolerant than he let on and had a better yeah. understanding of what it meant to be a man and to be a good person than he had thought. And in this society where your culture rules everything, like every aspect of their lives, yeah, uh, it can be really frightening knowing where your parents stand on certain subjects. And um I think that they were pleasantly surprised that their father was proud of them. I mean, who yeah. wouldn't be proud of their sons fighting for what's right? But in that moment. Absolutely. But, but that's that not the way you're going to look at it because. Yeah. And they open support at this point. You don't know who is tolerant and who isn't. Yeah, until something happens. Until something happens and you're in the hot seat and you're like, oh, like <laughs> now they know. Yeah. What are they going to say? <laughs> And that boy, uh, you know, he's a man now, uh, has been yeah. friends with my husband for decades. And the relationship between them is beautiful. And I like seeing how he's living his life and how he's lived his life the last 10 years that I've been here. 
Um, yeah. You know, it's a testament that yes, you can be a certain way. You can have a different orientation and still survive. You know, unlike what everybody else thinks about what life is like here, there are people who are making progress and who are living their lives. And, and you know, he is well-respected and he has a great job, even though he is yeah. pretty openly homosexual. I would, I would label him. I don't think he labels himself, but yeah. And I think that's fair. Um, and, you know, there has been some fallout over the years of my husband hanging out with her, associating with somebody who is openly gay. Sure. But that's just part of it. Um, just when, like, I suppose something that I picked up on while you've been describing your husband's friend is the lack of kind of labels. And I mean, I know obviously that's because of um, the type of society and the type of thinking. But do you think that that could be like um, another part, like, stuff that kind of contributes to some of the problems is the overuse of labels or do you just think it, it just suits your community and your society to not use the labels because of the law? That is so interesting. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm not one of these people who really had an emphasis on who I was and putting a label on it. As I told you, my upbringing yeah. allowed me to be who I was without Whoever. using labels. Yeah. So naturally, I'm one of these people who really doesn't feel the need. Do I respect people or understand that people need that label and love, you know, that label yeah. and identifying a certain way? I have total respect for those people. I think here, very yeah. similarly, I think that because there isn't a lot out there in terms of like open sexuality and understanding what those labels mean, people just neglect to use them. And plus, I mean, how often and in which circles are you ever going to use that label? Exactly. I mean, there's a sense of pride in labeling yourself a certain way. And I really, yeah. I, I can understand. But for a lot of people, if it's problematic, forgo it. Yeah. If it's a source Absolutely. of pain or, or could cause you pain or danger, don't use it. There, there's nothing that says that you need to have a label on you to determine who you are as a person and how you love. Because, I mean, I've met people who are ridiculed for saying, oh, you know, I thought I was a lesbian, but I'm bisexual. Or I thought I was, you know, I thought I was <laughs> not into anybody and it turns out I'm asexual. And then they're ridiculed. It's like, you don't even know what your sexuality is. And it's like, nobody... Yeah really goes into it thinking about that it just comes naturally and inherently nobody comes into it with a, a, a label like this is what I am it just makes sense after self-discovery however long that takes for a person you know I knew that I liked women and most of my experiences were with women and or girls other girls and um I knew that I liked guys yeah. But I feel like amongst my friend groups in high school, and because I was, an, I, I was labeled as an ally, part of our LGBTQ society in high school, because yes. I wasn't yeah. lesbian or gay. Um, so as an ally <laughs> with some experience oh. with other women, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh you know, because I'm the middleman, yeah. I guess. But that, that really kind of like made things weird for me because here my parents are completely accepting of who I am and, and who I've been with in the past and nobody's made me feel insecure. I, like you, was with lesbians, not other bisexuals. So, I mean, I've never actually yeah. did another bisexual. But, um, you know, I always felt the pressure to see 
or test if I really liked men. And it's like, it took a long, hello, I've been married for almost 15 years. <laughs> sometimes the question pops in my head. I'm like, sometimes I'm, you know, I, I wonder how would it have been if I was with a woman? But that isn't me, again, wondering if I truly like men, you know? <laughs> that's, just yeah. another, that's just another aspect or side of who, who I am sexually. That is not me second-guessing myself. And even I have to tell myself that now because of that yeah. deep-rooted kind of insecurity when it comes to people assuming I don't have a grasp on my own identity. Absolutely. And I, I think that co- that's a big part of... Um, a bisexual person's identity is having to realize that stop doubting yourself because it's not it's not actually self-doubt it's allowing other people or it's allowing that kind of other that might mentality to kind of creep in because something got into your head and now you're kind of going oh hang on now but i i think oh. actually the the thing i'm finding the most uh mental about all this is that i always just thought that i was the weirdo i'd never barring like this guy that I dated when I was like 15 um I've not really known men like I've not really known other bisexual people so he's like is this just me being like I've been all ranty and getting up on my soapbox and just looking for like an argument where there is none and like the more I talk to people this week I'm just like god why didn't I do this before now because I would have realized that I'm actually not the only one that's giving out about all these same issues and even exactly. just when I said pick a side you're instant oh yeah pick a side and everyone that I said that to they're like and it was funny to say the straight people in in the group that I was speaking to like oh my god that's so horrible that's so horrible and there was another but there was a bisexual guy in the group and he was just like ah yeah that old nugget it was just funny how <laughs> The, the different the different aspects of it it's like when when you're mm-hmm. part of it you're like ah yeah i've heard that one loads of times and then the street people are like oh what how dare they <laughs> how yeah, dare exactly. someone question you yeah it's like yeah well you've probably been guilty without even realizing it absolutely i mean what was it there was a show earlier this year that was really big i think it was love is blind where one of the contestants or participant yes. was a bisexual man and yeah. he was completely rejected when she found out his partner that he had picked found out that he was bisexual and I that had to say hurt. I was watching it I had to walk away from it yep <laughs> I had to walk away I couldn't I actually couldn't stomach it I had to walk away from it I was, it was so disgusted and you know what else is that the fact that um I mean there's not a lot of representation for us on television and that was kind of it. And it was, yeah. oh, I've got tears in my eyes. It was so harsh. It was so raw and it was so harsh. And it was just like, yeah, I was, I, I just sat there and kind of like disbelief um, because I mean, how many of us have kind of felt that or been afraid of that exact reaction? Yeah. And there it is broadcasted on TV. And it's just, you know, and people were saying that kind, he should have been And everyone upfront. was on her side. Yeah. Because she goes, oh, you should have been more upfront. And I was like, hang on here now. No. Nah, you're, you're not getting away with this. 
that was a disgusting and inhumane way to react to a person being honest. Exactly. And, um, you know, if this was, um, you know, I feel like people are looking at it as if this was a gay man who is leading on a straight woman. Absolutely. And he is not a gay man leading on a straight woman. He's a bisexual man. He fancies her. He liked her. He wanted to marry her. Yeah. And he just wanted to be honest with her and tell her what was going on. And that was it. In the UK did a reality dating show, I think it might have been last year or the year before, called um, The Boy Life. Really? And I did not know. It was brilliant. You should look it up. I just, I have to say, it was absolutely fantastic. And I think one of the most wholesome moments of it was when one of the guys, he was quite a flamboyant character. He went in thinking that he was bisexual. I think he was only 19, 20. He was quite young. Yeah. And they sent him on a double date. And he came away from that double date. And he's like, I have Z. And on the double date, he was with a woman. And the other, whoever else was there was with the man. And he basically ignored his own date the entire night and was just really, got really on really, really well with his <laughs> friend's date. And he was just like, I can honestly say that I have discovered that I, I just do not like women. I am gay. And everyone's like, yeah, we know. You just we knew. <laughs> we knew. And you're trying to watch it. And it's just so wholesome the way he's just sitting there and, and he's like grinning and he's got this big baby face. And he's, it's just such a lovely moment. I, okay, so I have a question. Okay, so I'm obviously in a straight monogamous relationship. Not, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm married to a man. Does that make it uh, perhaps significantly easier than, say, yourself being with a woman, openly being with a woman? Do you feel like you have to announce that you're bisexual as opposed to lesbian more often? Yes, a lot. Um, because I actually, <laughs> there's, there's two stories and the both of them just make, just drive my blood pressure, but one of them makes me really, really annoyed. Um, so one, uh, the, when I was telling you there that um, a friend of ours was here and they were asking me like, if my partner is okay with me being boy and I was like oh Christ maybe I should have this conversation with her even though we'd spoken about it loads when we first met I still kind of go like I let that get in my head but the term was because I often mention ex-boyfriends or you know whatever now my partner now is actually my first girlfriend my first like proper girlfriend and yeah. my longest relationship ever so like when I'd be talking about exes it would just be ex-boyfriends so this friend of mine asked me did I always know? And I was just hiding my sexuality um, by dating men or did I have a sexual awakening when I met her? <sighs> I hate that term. It's so cringy and creepy, but so that was kind of, I get that kind of thing a lot going, did you realize yeah. or was it just when you met her or did you always know if you've been hot? And then, then I have to go, well, actually, no, I, I kind of, I like both. And then it's usually followed up with, oh, I know people who are gay or I know people who swing both ways. And as long as they don't come near me, I don't care. And it's like, all right, but would you tell a straight man not to come near you because you're married? Would you tell a straight man that you're not attracted to not to come near you? Just out of nowhere. No one was hitting on no. her. No one was creating this. Heck? Yeah, it's just her immediate. And I get that a lot. I get that an awful lot. And even when I was in school, I remember there was um, a new student in our class for a couple of months. And when she came into school, her first thing was, um, her very first question was, are you straight or are you the other way? 
we're all kind of going, excuse me. And I was, like, I was like, I'm the other way if that's what you want to go. And then she's like, well, don't hit on me because I'm not attracted to you. I was like, all right, girl. <laughs> like, go away. <laughs> I was like, please just let me get on with this. Like, what's the plan forget, about it? Like we were studying genetics and in science and I couldn't wrap my head around it. I was really struggling with it. And that's why this stands out so much. I was like, I've got more important things now, like trying to wrap my head around the stupid Punnett square that I'm not listening to him talk about. And my teacher just drew it up on the board, explained something, but I zoned out. I didn't know what he was saying to me. So I just looked at this grid on the screen on the blackboard and I went, what are you talking about? And then this girl was there going in the middle of class quite loudly going, well, don't hit on me. I'm not attracted. It's like, yeah, okay. But what I found an awful lot with people is that they don't. I'm not one to kind of make a big deal out of anything. Like I wouldn't. If someone called me lesbian or someone called me gay, it wouldn't bother me because yes, it it saves me having to go into anything. Like I normally wouldn't stop and explain. But I used to work in archaeology and a few years ago I was working on a site and we just had these like little cabin, port cabin things for our lunch break as our canteen and there was a little microwave and one of the guys decided that he there was no room in there for him to sit down. So he went in and he used the microwave to um, heat up fish for his lunch. Oh. Now, fish in a microwave is the nastiest thing <laughs> that anyone can ever do to people. No. <laughs> it smells so bad that he sat outside so it wouldn't stink his van up. And we were like, excuse me, why didn't you afford us the same the, the same accommodations? Yeah. Like, we just sit here and eat our lunch. He's like, ah, this is what happens when you, when you don't leave me a seat. And he was sitting outside, stink-free. But we were all given out. And what one of them said to me was, you should be used to it, you're a lesbian. <gasps> and there was uproar in the cabin like people were mad and I just kind of sat there and <laughs> instead of like defending anything or defending my partner or kind of going that's disgusting never say that again the answer is I'm not a lesbian and one of the girls looked at me she's like of all the things you could have said I'm like, not a lesbian I'm like but I'm not so you're wrong and he's like, yes, you are. And I was like, no, I'm not. So like, you're wrong. <laughs> and I just kept going, no, you're not. And literally turned into like two children arguing, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. And I just, it just turned around and I said to him, I was like, look, I'm not. You're wrong. End up. And he goes, well, I bet you if I asked your girlfriend, she'd say you're a lesbian. He's like, no, she wouldn't. No, she wouldn't. <laughs> Can we just leave it there, please? Now, oh and my god, on his face, and I walked out, and someone turned around and went, You're bisexual, aren't you? I was like, Yeah, but that's none of his business. No, it's, it's like, not it was a disgusting, nasty comment that no one should have god. ever made. But if I had turned around and said that about his girlfriend, could you imagine the backlash that I would have had? Oh my god, you wouldn't say that, but you wouldn't say it, absolutely not because that is an insult to his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah like oh absolutely nasty and That's, disgusting yeah. all around like I just I can't be dealing with that kind of thing but yeah no like so I do I do get now obviously that's one of the most extreme ways but I, I do 
I do kind of experience, I used to, when I worked on sites, I used to experience it a lot where I, I found like I had to explain to every single new person that came on site who'd be asking, or um, especially people that I might've went to college with who were a couple of years below me. So they would have known me for having a long-term boyfriend when I was in college. Yeah. And they wouldn't have known any other aspect of me because I wouldn't have been friendly with them or I wouldn't have had much to do with them. And then they kind of come along and they're like, oh, when did that happen? And I'm like, it was always there. Just, you, you just didn't know because we, like, we weren't friends and we weren't in the same circle. So why would you? And they're like, oh, you never told me. Like, we weren't friends. So like, why would we like? have to tell you? Or it's like, exactly. it's like, did she, did she, did she make you gay? Did she make you a lesbian? Did she, yes. like, I always hear that. Oh, um, you know, when like, I feel like there's this phenomenon when a woman gets divorced, say like a middle-aged woman gets divorced, leaves a long-term marriage with a man, and then she ends up with a woman. And everybody's like, oh, she found out she was a lesbian or, you know, this woman awakened something, like you said, awakened something in her. Yes. Oh, God, that narrative. It's like, you don't know if that woman was interested in women the entire time. You have no idea. Like, why be presumptuous? It's just... (laughs) But yeah, I feel like for me, if that's the thing though, it's like, I don't really have to announce that unless I feel like it. Yeah. It never comes up. And if it does come up, it's because there's another woman who's interested in me or is bisexual and talking about it. Yeah. Absolutely. And it just must be so refreshing not to have to deal with it on a daily basis because I mean, even just like my manager's attitude that day thank you so much for trusting me it must be hard to come out to strangers all the time and it got me thinking and I mean as she she meant that from a place of deep respect and I I I actually love the woman she's an amazing human being on a personal level like as a manager she's fantastic but on a personal level she's so good to all of us and she's an amazing person and like she just meant that as like as oh my god I can't believe you trusted me this is great but it got me thinking that every time you meet someone new it is like having to come out all over again because you don't know what way they're going to react you could be talking to someone and then they'll just turn and that's it like so and even even putting this podcast out there the other day I actually was sick to my stomach because I hadn't told my family no my family know about me obviously don't get me wrong but I hadn't told my family that I was doing this so I just put it up on Facebook and then afterwards I told my mom and she's like oh yeah I saw that she goes you know best to look with it and I was like perfect thanks and she goes oh I'll share it or whatever and instantly I just froze up and I was like oh god do I want her to do that hold like, her friends her and, and because your um, yeah, I was like of course I want her to do this of course family. I want it to be shared <laughs> yeah and it's like my whole family knows like um, my partner came down to um to my sister's wedding she's met the entire family and extended family Joe there there's nothing there but it was just the idea that someone who didn't know or might know even though like I'd be very surprised if no one knew at this stage but just that what if someone what if someone I know listens to this and goes oh hang on here now like that goes against everything I believe in exactly instantly like that and that was my first thought and 
even as I saw kind of people who I know through my sister or know through my parents over the years that I wouldn't have had much to do with, I wouldn't know their views, I wouldn't know their opinions, but they would have always been good to me and very nice to me or whatever. I was like, oh my God, like, you know, is, is that someone I now have to avoid on the street when I go home? And then the feedback was coming in on your phone. This is amazing. Like, keep doing, like, you're, you're doing really good work. Like, this is really great. This is a good story to get out there. Mm-hmm. But it's that fear of, like, oh, God, what if... And now, the idea of someone who is an actual bigot or homophobe coming across the podcast and listening to it and leaving a review, that doesn't give me that anxiety. That doesn't give me that bone crippling. Right. I'm going to hide under my DNA anxiety anywhere near as much as this whole everyone I know knowing that I'm doing this (laughs) because I feel like also there's this whole um when you're just living your life your bisexual life (laughs) minding your own business (laughs) the quiet bye and then you become you know the loud activist bisexual (laughs) it's like yeah it's which my identity has changed yeah it's it's the one thing that I always said I'd never do was was get involved in something like this, but I I don't know what changed. I think I just spent a lot of the last few months thinking things through and the joys of a pandemic. But um, it's just been such a weird time and just seeing different things online and and people have been more accepting and then not accepting yeah. the sexual community and then. And then even just here this week, there's no support group or like any sort of like help out there for bisexual people in Ireland. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of going, right, where's my soapbox? I'll get back up here now and I'll do something. And even then I was kind of going, you know, and I even stopped and I said to my partner, the other day, like, do you think this is the right thing to be doing? And she said, look, it wouldn't be snowballing the way it is if it was the wrong thing. Exactly. Everything leads you to a certain moment. And I think even if you said like you were never going to become like a loud activist for this, something happened or something woke you up to something and you had to express yourself. And it's the same for me. I mean, I've always been open, but I haven't been loud. And I guess I'm I'm trying to stay anonymous for, you know, the sake of my family here. But of course, yeah, it's it's a big step for me as well, because I've always been kind of kept to myself. But you know, like like you said, over the last year, I mean, my ears have just perked up to all of these instances where people yeah. just don't get it. And like, okay, there's this new wave of acceptance for the LGBTQ community. But when you really, really look at it, it's like I'm 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 talking to women, bisexual women who are on dating apps like Tinder and lesbian women will completely avoid them like the plague and then you've got you know other lesbian women who will date them as kind of like a conquest so you know i'll turn you i'll turn you you yet or you know you've got men who are doing the exact same thing like oh (laughs) she thinks she likes girls i'll show her you know and it's like i hate that attitude yeah i hate that attitude too and i've heard it so often and i'm just like no like people clearly don't get it and when things are just slightly ambiguous or, or like complicated or complex I don't know why people want to fight it and it's coming from both sides yeah absolutely because I mean even there is um 
there was a moment last year where I was at a house party and it was Easter of last year, well before COVID. But um, I was trapped in a kitchen by a man 20 years older than me and told that the only reason I was with a woman is because I hadn't been the right man yet and I needed a good scene too. And oh, he me old and tired. And that a... was it, like, yeah. And like, actually, and it was yeah. terrifying and it's easy to kind of look back and go, oh, you know, again, but that was actually absolutely terrifying that night. I came home here and I sat down and I just cried on the sitting room floor. I was so, I was so relieved to be out there. Yeah. That was in one of my good friend's houses. That was just, she was having a barbecue. Yeah. Cornered and blocked in and I had to like open a window and shout for someone to come in and like, I was like, oh, the door is stuck. Come in and get me. But like, and then he turned it into the narrative of, oh, she can't take a joke. And everyone took that side of it going, oh, you know, you need to lighten up and take a joke. Wow. No, because that um, is intimidating and scary. And somebody challenging your sexuality, especially a man, standing there telling you all you need is a a man to show you. Like, no. (laughs) It's not for me right now. Yeah. I was like, I I, I just want to go home to my girlfriend, please. Thank you. Oh, God. Yeah. And I know this happens to lesbians, but I feel like when you're bisexual and openly bisexual, um, yeah. it kind of, you attract that type, that type. The, this person doesn't know where they stand, so they're easily swayed. And I just hate yeah. that. Yeah, or, um, or the idea that, and oh God, I've been met with this one before too, that if you're bisexual and with a woman, it's okay to be with a man because it's not cheating because they're not the same gender. Oh my gosh. Or if you're bisexual and you've only been with women, you're still a virgin. I was at a medical appointment there recently <gasps> enough. This isn't going where I think it's going. <laughs> and I needed um, a chest x-ray. So yeah. they were doing an x-ray in my lungs and I was brought in and I was asked, you know, could you be pregnant? I said, no. And they were like, okay, why? And explained, um, I had the contraceptive bar in it. And they're like, okay, well, when was the last time you had sexual intercourse? And I said, well, the last time I had sexual intercourse with a man was, I don't even know how many years ago, I said, but I've been with my partner who's female for the last four and a half years. I said, I cannot be pregnant. And they're like, okay. And so the last time that you had real sex years ago, then is that correct? I said, it's not that it wasn't real sex, that it was just sex with a man. I'm like, okay, but you, you can't be pregnant. You haven't had real sex recently. Real sex. <laughs> and that came from a, from a nurse. Oh, yeah, because... Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Because in the so. technical sense, they think that the only sex is penis and vagina. Like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> um, but it's like... Yeah. Yeah, it, people view it that way. Or it's like... I got confronted with the whole, were you a virgin when you met your husband? I was like, please define this. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so I can, you know, skirt around the conversation because it's like, yeah. I guess that it depends on what your definition is. But I, I, I have this vision in my mind of all of these, you know, beautiful bisexual women who are just perpetual virgins and pure and it's like no and then like and then to be little old ireland like and we were the first country in history to vote it in by popular vote that surprised me so much that was incredible <laughs> like 
<laughs> oh god like i mean it's such a weird thing it's amazing how much the world is changing and i think if more people speak up in the various communities there will be more representation and, and more of a discussion about you know things like bisexuality and you know no no detail no representation there because like i remember when i was a teenager you'd look up online about being bisexual or whatever and there's not going to be much there right yeah. And I still think, I still think, oh, there has, there's a lot of work that has to be done in terms of like making sure that there is resources and support for people of every little niche kind of orientation, yeah. no matter what. It exactly. Is. My friend, my best friend of 15 years is asexual. I, mean, I could have told you that 15 years ago, but only recently yeah. she's come to terms with the fact that, okay, you know what? There's a label and um, that is what I am. And she, you know, after kind of recognizing that within herself she went forward to kind of meet other like-minded people and you know yeah. she came back in tears you know Good she thought me. maybe having that discussion on a forum lgbtq forum you know mm. it was really disheartening for her and she went on reddit and <laughs> you know that can always be kind mm. of hairy she ended up finding a community but it's so small um and she's like the only representation we really have of like asexuality is like sheldon from the big bang theory and even then you know like and even then he broke that <laughs> yeah no it's there is nothing out there like i am it's, it's harmful so to think difficult. that your sexuality is deemed as a dysfunction right because yeah. and i feel like this is more for asexual men it's like oh you don't want sex you must have issues you, there must be some sort exactly yep and it's never just they're not, they're, they just don't want it. There has to be like a knock on reason. For, and if a girl doesn't want it, she's just withholding. Frigid. Or yeah. she's frigid. And she like, it's, it's such a horrible, horrible way to look at the world because and unfortunately it's the way the world is. Like, and I don't know, I just, I just wish we could just change it all overnight and just make it that little bit easier for people to, to get on with things. Exactly. I mean, my hope is, you know, you have this wonderful podcast and you're speaking to so many people from diverse backgrounds. Yeah. My hope is that, okay, there's some people you can't, you can't change people's minds no matter what you no. do, unless it's bound to happen. But there are people listening in who are going to feel some kind of way, who are going to recognize a part of themselves in some of these dialogues and some of these conversations. And yeah. they're going to relate. And that is one of the best feelings. Feeling understood is something that so many people crave. And you're, you have a platform that's allowing so many people to do that and to feel that way. And, you know, I, I can think back to myself when I was younger and how good that would have been. Or, you know, perhaps my best friend, asexual, how good that would have been yeah. to be able to, to hear something and just go, oh my god it all makes sense it's so difficult to find that kind of something to relate to when you're when There's, you're struggling and it, exactly. i don't think it matters what age you are either i think if you're struggling no. you're struggling and you need that thing that you can relate to and the reminder that you're not the only one and i mean and even even yourself you're in quite a in you're in a segregative secret I was going to say secret society. That doesn't really have the meaning I needed to have here. <laughs> no, no, <not>. Secretives. <laughs> You're in quite a segregated secretive society. And I mean, that that kind of speaks volumes then for you to turn around and have the same reactions. Joe, you know, it's like, and it's just, it's, it's just really funny to me that even 
with such different backgrounds and different kind of lifestyles in that sense that it's the exact same issue still resounding with both of us Mm -hmm. and so many other people because no matter what way you live and no matter where you live or what kind of lifestyle you live everyone is the bloody same with that kind of with that narrow-mindedness with things that they don't understand it's universal I, i think that's i think that's a big thing that's really after kind of hitting home with me tonight so Thank you. <laughs> I do. It blows my mind. Like you don't really know or you don't you're not really responsive to it until you're told it from somebody yeah. in that position, like straight Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Like, informed about how bad it is or how bad certain things can be. Gay rights. All of yeah. these things are kind of uh coming to a head. And it's actually like in a lot of ways a little bit frightening. Because you see people getting militant, people on the opposite side. Oh definitely, yeah. And so you you think okay things are becoming more accepted but actually like we're in the heat of the moment right now where things are actually much scarier and more real and more of a danger yeah. at this very moment because there's a war being had for all of these rights and it's it's frightening it's frightening i mean i've noticed on like facebook and different platforms how you're seeing a lot of bigots come out of the woodwork and they're frightening absolutely like so, can know, definitely imagine imagine thinking that you have the right to abuse somebody because they offended your senses but it's frightening like even where like you think you're you're safe in in a crowded area in a public area where there's lots of people around you're still not bystander effect unnecessary yeah, yeah absolutely but like everybody's but waiting someone... for somebody to take action but it's not going to be them and it's true as a woman you have um an added layer of like, do I really want to confront this individual, even though I know it's right and risk my life at this moment? Because <laughs> that's what it comes down to. Is there any message that you would like to get across to people from um, any kind of standpoint or about anything at all? Is there anything that you would like to take the opportunity to kind of say? I have two small points and there, yeah. there are two different points. Okay. Um, I guess my first point, first and foremost, um, no matter where you live or who you are or what challenges you're facing in your society, in your culture, in your family, you as a person, you have a right to be true to yourself, be your authentic self, to find love. And no matter how you reach that destination or how you accept yourself and find that acceptance or find that other person or people, as long as you're happy, do it. Do it. There is not one person on earth who can challenge what you know deep inside of you whether that's a secret or not and I don't think that coming out of the closet and coming out is as necessary as people say it is I think being forced into closet is hurtful and damaging to a lot of people but I I have learned living here in this society that that is liberating for some people and to be outed could cost them their lives. So I think on both sides of the coin, support is needed for everyone, no matter what background they're coming from, no matter what stance they have. And that if somebody is closeted or they're, you know, they're not open, it does not mean they're not an ally. It does not mean they're not a supporter. It does not mean that they don't love that part of themselves. And at the same time, um, no matter what their background is, they deserve support. 
I guess my second point is um, everybody from, <laughs> and we're talking about sexuality here. Yeah. Everybody needs to reevaluate how they interact with other human beings. It does not matter if you're in Ireland or if you're in Canada or if you're in Saudi Arabia. We all are going through such similar things as human beings that yeah. there are more similarities than differences. And I'm speaking from the holy city, the hub of Islam. As a bisexual woman, I feel safe. I feel liberated. I feel secure. I am actively being who I am as a woman, as an individual. And if I can do that, if I can come to terms with that, and navigate that type of lifestyle authentically, so can you. Don't be afraid, don't be afraid. And at the same time, be cautious because these are trying times and there's a lot of change afoot. So just take care of yourselves, find your people, find your unit, find your support. We're all in this together. Thank you so much. And that's a beautiful message to get across. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for having me on. <laughs>